Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, welcome to episode 34 of the Breaking Free Authentically podcast. Today, I have a very special guest called Angela Dawn, and she is a tantric sex, love, and relationship coach. She coaches her clients to find their own unique way through life, love, and relationships. And after deeply delving into intimacy and relationships later in life, she feels called to help folks dig into these ideas without putting it off. Why wait? Have the best intimacy and love for you right now. Bringing openness, joy, and laughter to relationship exploration, Angela takes the taboo out of these conversations, unless taboo is what you're into. Angela lives in Annapolis, Maryland, and she studied tantric practices with Layla Martin. I'm very excited to have her here today because tantric has been a big part of my growth journey over the years, and it's not something we've talked about much on this show. So I'm really excited to kind of delve into a little bit more about tantric sexuality. And she's going to explain the difference between tantric as a whole, capital with a capital T, she says, and tantric sexuality, and kind of where that came from. So I hope you enjoy this episode of The Buddhist Goes to a Sex Party. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will have the conversation. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Are you struggling with your sexual well-being? Are you often disappointed in your relationships? Do you have unrealistic expectations? Do you ever wonder if you are actually cut out for monogamy? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with a series of beliefs about sexuality and relationships. We call this the mono mindset. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Shouldn't I be satisfied? Content? Just be grateful? Well, you aren't alone. If this resonates with you, you are ready for the Breaking Free From Monogamy 8-week program. In this 8-week program, you will learn how the mono mindset has set us up for failure in our relationships and in our emotional and sexual well-being. 
how the mono mindset keeps us from being truly authentic in our sexuality and relationships, how it keeps us small and gives us a false sense of security, why we think of sexuality and anything related to sex as wrong or taboo, and how the mono mindset has invalidated your desires. Do you think to yourself, I want to fully enjoy my life and who I really am. I want real connections. I want to be able to be myself. I want to understand my body. I love who I am, but I don't seem to fit the mold. Maybe you've thought, I have always felt like a sexual deviant, but I'm actually a really good person. I don't understand. Well, many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought monogamy was the only way to be happy and enjoy a fulfilling sex life. I thought that non-monogamy is for people that have commitment issues, and I thought it was just a way to legally cheat on your partner. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. But what if you could deconstruct the mindset that is holding you back from exploring other options? Well, you can in my eight-week Breaking Free from Monogamy program. Take your life back and become a master of healthy relating and sexuality. Lose the shame and guilt you've been programmed to feel in order to conform. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. Learn to love yourself and your desires. Discover what is natural and ethical. Breaking Free from Monogamy, an eight-week program shifting the mono mindset for greater intimacy and sexual well-being. Do you want to choose monogamy confidently or explore other healthy models? This program is for you. Please go visit offers.kareenbedard.com to go take the free Is Monogamy Right For Me quiz and to enroll in the new Breaking Free From Monogamy 8-week program. That's offers.k-a-r-i-n-e-b-e-d-a-r-d.com. Well, good morning. This is Breaking Free Authentically. We are back for another exciting episode. And today I have Angela Dawn with me. And I'm going to let her share what she does um, because it's very exciting to me. In fact, what she does has a lot to do with my whole journey into sex positivity. It really was kind of a catalyst and the beginning to my learning about myself more sexually and opening up and all these things. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Welcome, Angela. Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you, Corinne. Um, So I'm Angela Dawn. I'm a tantric sex coach. That's what I do. Uh, I uh, actually studied to be a sex, love, and relationship coach. And so I have kind of a general certification in that category. And then I also have uh, another certification specifically in tantric sex coaching. So I work with individuals and with couples and I do desire-based coaching, right? So I help people figure out what they really want in the areas of sex, love, and relationships. I help them rewire their brains to believe that it is possible to have what they want. And I help them remove any blocks to getting the, the love that they desire and help them with the path to get there. 
Uh, so that's one aspect of what I do. And then the other thing I always say that I do is intimacy training. Mm. So I work with couples to teach couples Tantra techniques. I also work with individuals on Tantra because Tantra is something you can completely explore as an individual. And in fact, I suggest folks do it that way first. And then a lot of folks that have these desires in the realm of sex, love and relationships, they actually need some intimacy training to be able to achieve what they want. So that can look like everything from teaching someone to meditate to showing them how to use a jade egg. So uh, there's a wide variety there. And usually what I do is a combination of desire based and also intimacy training. Oh, I love that. Uh, we are so much more aligned than I even thought, but that's exactly what I do with people minus the, the sex training, because that's mm -hmm. not my area of expertise, but really getting to that. What is your desire? Who are mm -hmm. you? What do you love? Because our society does not teach us to ask ourselves that question. That's more or less selfish, right? Mm -hmm. It's either you go to the extreme of hyper-independence where you don't care about what other people want and need and you're focused on yourself only, or you're completely sacrificial and you, you give everything of yourself to other people. And there's not this balance. And I seek to bring balance to our mm -hmm. life. Like, I'm all for the feminist movement, but man, let's not go completely the opposite way where we're just like basically giving the finger to men and being like, you know, you guys are not needed in our lives because that combination of energies, that masculine and feminine energy is such a beautiful thing. And I desire intimacy so much in my whole life is built on connection and intimacy with people, which is why I choose this lifestyle mm -hmm. of non-monogamy because I realize that I have the potential to connect intimately, spiritually, emotionally, sexually with more than one person because that's so fulfilling to my life. And it's not selfish because I'm not doing it for approval and and trying to find myself like I know who I am and I know what I have to offer mm -hmm. and I seek to connect with others who also are in that same realm and it changes everything mm -hmm. so yeah. you've had quite a journey and I have yeah <laughs> so a lot of people kind of know my journey in this probably not to the extent, but maybe I can share a little bit of my journey along the way of your journey. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but I would love to hear, how did you even find tantric? Because a lot of people, you know, that's woo-woo or whatever. And they're like, right, what, yeah. what is that? And I mean, I was very born again Christian still when mm -hmm. I discovered tantric. And for me, the draw of tantric and you're going to have to tell us what tantric is for those who don't yeah. know. So, so please enlighten us. But for me, the draw of tantric was the intimacy and connection that mm -hmm. it brought between partners. And that's right. what I saw. And I was like, oh, I long for that connection. I long for that deep mm -hmm. vulnerability with my partner on a sexual level, but more than that, on a like a heart intimate level. And 
that was so strong in me. And I felt like that was so completely missing from my life. And part of it was that I wasn't allowed to be me wholly Mm -hmm. that there was always sort of a masking of who I really was because I had to be that good spiritual person that kind of Mm -hmm. like I had it together. So it doesn't allow you to really be real because you're not allowing yourself to really, it's like you're you're allowed to beat yourself up, (laughs) but you're not allowed to really see who you are at a deep level. So, Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit more about Tantric. I'm so excited to have you because I've been wanting to talk about this for so long. Well, fantastic. We, we probably (laughs) have a lot to talk about. It might be more than one episode. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to speak to some of what you were talking about too, about how people do what is expected of them and what society and their family of origin really programs them to mm-hmm. do next, right? Like, what is the next appropriate thing that I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to next go to college yeah. and then get married and then have kids and da 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 da, right? And you find yourself on a program that was written by someone else that has nothing to do with your heart's desires or even your own relationship with God or a deity if you are a religious type of person. Yeah. And the other thing that struck me when you were speaking is talking about Tantra and uh, really we're talking about, you know, Tantric intimacy here, man, there is, you know, in general, no conflict with religion with that, right? Like you you think about, um, you know, spirituality and, and, you know, love from maybe God or, or universal love or brotherhood. And you Mm -hmm. think about like the connection of marriage and, Mm -hmm. and, and that being a sacred thing. Oh, that's all very tantric, (laughs) you know? So, so it's pretty funny, but, um, Thinking about Tantra, you know, with a capital T, mm-hmm. we're talking about ancient practices that came out of India, right? Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, a hundred some Tantric practices and one or two of them, maybe three of them are actually sexual, right? So when you're talking about Tantra as a spiritual movement, you're not really talking about sexual practices. Right, right. And what what happened for me was I became a part of a Tibetan American uh, religious community. Okay. And I studied Tibetan Buddhism for over a decade. And um, tantric practices, uh, you know, visualizations and meditations and breathwork are part of Tibetan Buddhism. So my first introduction to to Tantra was very much in a religious context, and it was mm. not at all in a sexual context. Um, I had separate from that, but not separate, mm-hmm. uh, a sexual journey where um, the partner that I was with at the time and I got invited to a sex party. Mm-hmm. So here's the Buddhist goes to a sex party. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the story. The Buddhist goes to a sex party. And I went as a sociological experiment. I was like, I've never been to a there. sex party. Shall we go and see what these sex parties are like and just observe? Course, and that was science, really, right? <laughs> yeah, that was my only intention. I really had no, um, you know, I did, I was not participatory the first party that I went to. But when I got there, I always joke that the sky opened up and the sun 
sun shone down and I had found my people because I found people that were being authentically who they Uh, were. Yes. Now, obviously, there are degrees to that, right? You know, people can become more and more authentic and and in different contexts. But at the time, I recognized a sort of relational and sexual authenticity in the group of people that I had found. Isn't there... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Isn't there like an immediate like, uh, yeah, like absolutely. All of a sudden, you're like, nobody is worried about offending people. Nobody's trying to put their best foot forward, so to speak. It's like there's just a knowing of non-judgment and just right. able to be yourself whether it's naked or or d- dress sexy or whatever and i found like for me i didn't have to filter what i said like it just mm-hmm. i could just be right like, there's a joke, yeah i always joke and say the mothership has landed <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> these yeah. are my people. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the same kind of these are my people experience. And and that partner that I was with, um, you know, to some degree, he also felt the same thing, right? And we became part of more or less a swinger community. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we went on trips, we we yeah. threw meet and greets, you know, like mm-hmm. I made friends with swinger podcasters and yeah. uh we we just had a fantastic time and and through it all, yes, there was a lot of sexual exploration, but we were making friends, right? And really building relationships with people and through that process realized that we were more relational. Mm-hmm. We weren't really interested in swinging. We wanted to really form relationships with people and uh, we became polyamorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once we became polyamorous, then that was a whole new set of values to explore. And I became really enamored of the idea of relationship anarchy in particular mm-hmm. and um, also had a, a fun time exploring kink with a kink partner and uh, making friends in the kink community and learning about that framework and their values. So it was just sort of this snowball effect where I came in with my um, values as a Tibetan Buddhist or an American mm-hmm. Tibetan Buddhist. And then it was like, oh, and these are the values and mores of swingers. Oh, and now this is what polyamory is about. And I was being a relationship nerd and reading every possible yeah. book, right? And, you know, and then, oh, and this is the kink community. And these are the beautiful ways that they express consent and and the, the guidelines. And it's like, whoa, amazing communication, what we should all be doing. And, you you know, it was just this building, building, building. And then I had a really good Buddhist friend of mine called me up and said, um, you know, I've been following this sex coach and I'm taking one of her classes and um, you remind me of her. I think you should be doing exactly what you're, what she's doing. It was Layla Martin. And I was like, ha ha, you know, I have a full-time job, two kids, (laughs) husband, side business. I was like, I don't have time for that. And then, you know, the pandemic happened Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I do have time to become a tantric (laughs) sex coach. So, (laughs) 
so I signed up for Layla Martin's coaching program and I ended up working through her program over two years and getting those multiple certifications and, and building up my coaching business during that time as well. And so I've been coaching for a couple of years now and it's just been kind of a fantastic capstone. Yeah. Um, to have like that extensive background in Tantra with a capital T in, in terms of religious Tantra. Yeah. And then um, with Layla to learn more or less Neo Tantra, right? So when most people yeah, are yeah. talking about yeah. Tantric sex in the US or in the West, um, what they're talking about are um, practices and ideas that gurus from Asia brought to the US Excuse me, I'm going to have a sip of water. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what these gurus found when they brought their practices to the U.S., they're like, oh, these Americans are really hung up and they really need to work with sexuality as a way to open up their spirituality. And Neo-Tantra was really born. And so it... it Tantra, when you're looking at it that way, it's really taking some classical tantric concepts and applying them to sexuality. And it's really about knowing who you are, Mm -hmm. um, really feeling who you are and connecting deeply and bringing a sense of spirituality to your sexuality and also a sense of reverence, like for your body and your lover's body and the acts of union. Now, I do have a question about that because I often say like one of the programming that we have is um, that sex is sacred mm-hmm. and that, you know, sex is the basically the end all and be all in a relationship. It's the rubric for how we judge the, the success of a relationship. And so I tried to explain that sex can be sacred Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be (laughs) and you can pick and choose when you want it to be sacred and when you don't and when it just is play and when it's just fun and lighthearted, and when it's exercise and when it's just a release there it can be so many things but Mm -hmm. when we put one expectation on sex then our whole world can unravel. And I remember I did this often because to me, sex meant something very Mm -hmm. specific and it wasn't happening in that way. And so I felt like everything was a failure or I was a failure. I wasn't loved enough because I was judging it by the sacred experience and how connected we were in sex Uh rather than just letting sex be what it can be in the moment. And Mm -hmm. I realize now that you can consciously create the kind of sexual experience that you want. And there's many different ways of going about it. And there's many different tools. So I think that um, this is so cool. And, And I just want to really remind people that mm-hmm. sex can be sacred and this is one of the ways that right. we can increase and be intentional in our sacred sex in our union in our intimacy mm-hmm. in sex um and this can be a practice that can bring us closer together but the expectation is never that this has to be how it is all the time right 
Right. Yeah. And no, I mean, I, I would totally agree with you in saying that sex can be a lot of different things, right? Yeah. It can be a bodily function. Yep. <laughs> it can be a natural release. Yep. You know, it can be playtime. Mm-hmm. Mostly it should be playtime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can be sacred. And also, you can have sacred sex. That's a one night stand. Yep. And you can have sacred sex. That's a lifetime commitment. And you can have sacred sex with multiple partners, right? Mm -hmm. So let's try to take like all those constructs off, right? Instead of saying it's this, not that, it's all the things. And let's explore how. And this, this is exactly why I have my program, right? To like shift that programming and let's unpack all of the things that we've been told and then unlearn those things. And then relearn a new way to think right. that is open and and anything is available for you to choose from, you know. So I, I'm the sex positive relationship designer. And so like imagine I've got my my color palette, my paint chips, and I open up my fan and on there is like every choice, you know, and it might be mm-hmm. relationship styles or sexual styles or anything that you want. And you get to pick and choose, quote unquote, what colors suit you and what you right. want. And we get to learn how, a, a different way of thinking. And you can jump right back in that monogamy box if you want, but sure. maybe leaves a lid open, right? Right. And, well, that, and that's different to, because that's a choice that you're making it, instead right. of compulsory monogamy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is I. I don't want you to just default to monogamy. And that's what we've been taught to just default to it, that it's the best way. It's the way to protect your relationship. It's the way to protect your marriage. But at the end of the day, if you choose it, then you're empowered. Then you have a hope of having happily ever after. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so anyways, I just wanted to, you know, just mention just the, the need for, releasing that programming because mm-hmm. it does keep us stuck and we don't even realize it. So it's not our fault. It's not our fault that we have confused no. relationships and we don't know how to go about things and that sex is such a mystery and it's so shameful and it's so this and that. So yeah, that's societal conditioning and layers exactly. of programming and family and ancestry and peer groups and so yeah. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's unpack that. Let's get rid of that programming. But okay, continue on. You were talking about um, that even a one night stand can be sacred. So it's all about our choices and and being conscious and deliberate about things. Mm -hmm. So tell us more. Yeah, well, I mean, um, so I I have a podcast that's called called Quickies with Angela and Katie. Nice. And uh, we do... Uh, she's really a, a men's uh, confidence and sexuality coach. And so we do this podcast together and it's called quickies because we try to have them be short. <laughs> but so yeah, awesome. I, yeah, we talked about one night stands on that podcast and really, you know, whether you're having an intimate experience with someone for 15 minutes or 15 years, right. It, it's all about the communicating of desires and expectations. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So you can enter into a one evening relationship. It's all a relationship. You're related to that person. Mm -hmm. And if you both desire to have some deep state of union and maybe you're going to do a sex magic practice together or, you know, explore something like that, you can have beautiful energetic sex. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. You've had a a discreet, beautiful, energetic, sexual, intimate experience with someone. Mm-hmm. And you can both take your your joy and your pleasure from that and, and go on about your business. And it doesn't have to be in any way harmful. But for that to work, both partners have to be honest mm-hmm. and open with each other about themselves. Yeah, why they want to do it. Mm-hmm. And what they're seeking to learn or gain from that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so you have to really know what you want, right? Like if you go into a one night stand and you're like, well, this should be okay intellectually, that's different mm-hmm. from feeling that it's totally okay in your body. Yeah. Right. So you're absolutely right. You have to be honest with yourself. And then there's a communication that is missing from a lot of aspects of coupling and intimacy and relationships just in our Mm -hmm. society as a whole. Um, I talk a little bit about something called, I call it relational consent. Mm -hmm. When you get together with somebody, you need to not just consent in terms of sexuality and how you're going to be touching each other, or what's, you know, allowed, quote unquote, in the sexuality realm, you also need to have a relational consent conversation. What are you looking for relationally from that person? Is this someone you want to be able to have coffee with afterwards? Is this somebody that you would like to see once a week? Are you interested in the potential of building, you know, a longer term relationship with the person and and just really being honest with that? And that does require obviously self-honesty, but the communication of that. People are afraid to say, I'm looking for longer-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And if this turns out to be that cool, and if not cool, or, you know, whatever your framework is for that. Well, and I love that you just said that because that takes away the pressure right there. Like we can want something, we can desire Mm -hmm. something, but also being open to seeing what sort of naturally happens mm-hmm. doesn't close the door to opportunities yes. right like like you don't know sometimes that might be like a lifelong partnership but if you never open the door to experience even for a short-term connection mm-hmm. you'll never know right because you don't know how your energies will match you don't know what you just don't know. And so to stop yourself from entering into anything because, oh, well, this maybe won't be forever. Mm-hmm. It's just shooting yourself in the foot in so many ways. But that's what we've been taught. Find yeah, your soulmate. And, and then by the same, Yeah. By the same token, <clears throat> let's say you're somebody that maybe is a single parent with two kids and you're like, I don't want long-term partnership. I just want companionship every other weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. And and just being upfront and saying, if it turns, you know, maybe if it turns into something else at some point, I might be open to it at that point. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I'm only open to companionship every other weekend when I don't have my kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And just 
being plain about that. Yeah. Right. Or I travel for work and I'm gone two weeks a month and I'm looking for somebody to have fun with when I'm home, someone to be intimate with when I'm home. And that's only going to be X number of days a month. Are you good with that? And wouldn't it be better to just get that out of the way than like we sit around there like the models that we just kind of beat around the bush and hope that someone's going to want the same things as us. And we just sort of like go around and it's like, I wonder, I wonder what they think. I wonder what we are like, what let's define this. I don't know if I should ask. I don't, well, if you don't ask, you'll never know. If you don't go out and say, Hey, what I actually really am looking for, and this Mm -hmm. may or may not be you. And, but I really want to have children and I would like to settle down with a partner. That is my, that is my desire. That's what I really would like. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's even in the cards for you? And you don't have to agree that it's with me right now. Right. (laughs) Right. But like, is that in your future? Right. Let's get that out right there instead of going, okay, well, I wonder if they like me and maybe, oh, this is. Yeah. And waiting for them to read your mind or trying to read their mind. I mean, that's total junk, right? So you can't ever have what you want unless you know what it is Mm -hmm. and you ask for it. Exactly. Right. Like those are the requirements. And uh, one of the things I do with clients is sometimes I will help them call in a partner or partners, right. Depending on their situation. And that's what it's all about is really getting to know who you are, what you want, and then how to put that out there to the world. And when you put out there, what you actually, who you are and what you want, then the people that want that will just naturally come to you. Well, and that's the thing. And but you have to be confident and and sort of shameless about what you want. Like if there's shame lingering and you have like, well, that's never gonna happen, or right. people only use me for sex or this or that or whatever, you're actually that's the energy you're putting out. And you're going to draw in those things, even though you desperately want something else. Right. You're focusing yeah, on everything. That's where you your energy's going. Yeah. Exactly. You're yeah. focusing on the things that you aren't having that aren't happening to you. And, and so the temptation is to, to change your desires to fit what you think other people will want, because then you might find what you want, but that's Mm -hmm. essentially not letting go. That's essentially, that's not allowing yourself to be content in the moment with the possibilities that will come. And that's hard, especially when you've had trauma. Yes. It's hard to like trust that good things will come to you if you've experienced difficult things over and over and over in your life. And it's hard to make that switch, you know? Um, So anyways, it's just something to think about because we, we do have so much power within ourselves when we really acknowledge our desires and, and say it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, that's the key right there is to go, my fantasies are okay. My desires are okay. I'm not weird. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's probably mm-hmm. a lot more people that actually are like me, but aren't willing to say it. And that's mm-hmm. what I've found in this world is like, 
here we are, all of us that are actually being true to ourselves and going, yeah, I am deviant. Yeah, I don't fit the mold. And I took that step and I and I, now I'm here with all the people that go, ah, yes, you understand. You are not mm. like everybody else and you're willing to show that side of you and and not look perfect or look like, you know, you're willing to risk not being like everyone else for the sake of your own joy and contentment right. and fulfilling your desires. But the, the the people that have the most trouble even in this world and where the drama comes from, <laughs> which I want to avoid, which is why I'm so passionate about sort of the deep sort of personal love and and again discovering and getting clear on what your desires are and I love that that's what you do too it's like let's let's find that out I remember the day when self-love the word self-love I couldn't even say or self, uh, self-care I couldn't mm-hmm. say those words because it was so selfish to me like as a wife and mom I just I couldn't say that to me my example of self-care was just someone ignoring me or someone just doing what they wanted and that's not looking after yourself doesn't mean ignoring everybody else it means just having a deep knowing and recognizing your value and that you have every right to have enjoyment and to feel peace and to feel comfort and joy as anybody else in this world. And so if all your energy is on making someone else feel safe and content and, and, you know, comfortable, but you ignore yourself, then there's only one person feeling safe and content (laughs) and it's not you. And you can only do that for so long. And you wake up one day, like I did going, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? I've done all the things. But who am I? I don't know. I have I have ignored who Korean really is for most of my marriage, most of my life because I was told that I couldn't. I it was God's will. It always was someone else. Someone else's program, someone else's life, someone else's agenda. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, we need to get back to asking ourselves, who does that benefit? And it's okay if it benefits us because we only become a better person. And when we are more settled and content inside, then we're able to love more authentically and truly and connect really. Yeah. That's the only way to deeply connect, right? It is. If you are living on someone else's agenda and someone else's program and you are not in touch with who you are, you will never be able to connect deeply with anyone else. No. Period. You'll be afraid Mm. and you'll be afraid to be found out. Mm. Like what if someone really finds out what I am? or what I actually like or believe, then I'll be wrong. Yeah. I won't fit. I'll be looked down on. And that's what tantric connection really is about. Just to, you know, bring it back around. What you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Talk about the juicy stuff. So I do uh, individual work Mm -hmm. with people to teach them tantra and tantric techniques. And I also do couples work. And one of the things I do with couples is I do workshops. 
Mm-hmm. I do these play shops mm-hmm. with couples and I always um, start with a communication exercise mm-hmm. because most people have never really looked in their partner's eyes and communicated with complete honesty. And that sounds strange when you hear me say that, but truthfully, that is the case. Um, I've had couples in my play shops that have been, you know, married for 15 years, have great sex lives. And they tell me afterwards, they say, wow, that communication was really powerful. We've never really spoken to each other that way before. And, you know, that has to be the basis that really deeply holding space for what your partner has to say as a listener and the pure vulnerability of sharing with what's really on your heart with your partner and taking turns with that Mm -hmm. so that you're each holding space as a listener and you're each sharing deeply from what's in your heart and your body beyond even your mind and beyond words. Yeah, I it's it's a such a powerful thing, so powerful. right? And if you start with that level of connection with someone and then you bring in, oh, and this is how we bring energy to the experience or this is how we connect non-verbally mm-hmm. and this is how we can touch each other, then it turns sex into this mind-blowing mm-hmm. ecstatic connection. So yeah. I just want to address just uh, like something I talk about with communication. And so, you know, everybody says that communication is the most important thing in a relationship. And I say, how are we supposed to have communication if one, we don't feel connected mm-hmm. and two, we don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that exercise does those two things. And I want to draw attention to that because for me, my model for an empowered relationship is connection, safety, and novelty. Mm -hmm. So when you have those three things, you can have an empowered relationship because it's not about the words you say to each other. It's not about how you phrase the sentence. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. It's not what you say. It's, It's the the energy in which you come to someone. And if you feel connected and your walls are down with someone, well, if you feel connected with someone, your walls can come down. And all of a sudden, you can, if you can hold space for someone, then safety is generated. And now, now we can have an exchange, whether it's with words, mm-hmm. simply energy, or, you know, it's just... It's kind of magical, but that piece is missing for so many people. You cannot have a conversation if you don't feel safe. You're not going to share your truth if you don't feel safe. And you're not trying to lie, right? Like people aren't doing this on purpose, but we don't hold space for each other to be authentic. Right. And that's why the guided communication exercises work, like you said, because it puts in like the rules and the structure to create the safety and couples can do this with me in our, you know, two on one sessions, or they can do this with me in group work and then they can take it into their life. Like, and, and very gradually and incrementally start to actually 
be present with each other and start to learn to hold space for each other and start to learn to communicate a little differently and more deeply. And the men can start to learn not to fix everything. And <laughs> and it's not exclusively men, but it tends to be a, a male, um, you know, well, affect. It's, it's, but, it's, let's just say it's more the masculine energy, right? The yeah. wounded masculine energy, yeah. whether it's in a woman or not, because right. I've seen it at the tantric workshop that I went to, right? And um, one of the wives, she just had such a hard time, like, keeping eye contact and allowing herself to open up. And he so desperately wanted that. He was all in. And she was like, uh-huh. this is so like, I don't know about this. And, but it did connect them on a totally different level when mm-hmm. she sort of allowed this exercise to do its work. Meantime, my boyfriend and I are like super connected already. So we're like gazing into each other's eyes and we're like tears are coming. And we're just so like the energy's flowing. It was amazing. And it just brought us to an even deeper level. Right. But I've seen it work with even mm-hmm. like so much tension and grit between the couple and it's just like they don't see eye to eye and they're so like their their walls are up and this right. exercise you can see it just like the walls are breaking down they're cracking and then all of a sudden they settle in and it just changes mm-hmm. everything so i love yeah, it just changes the depth of the connection you know, and it's funny. Um, I just wrote a post for Instagram yesterday that I'm about to drop, and it's it's about squirting. Ah. And what did I say? One of the things I said is one of the keys to squirting safety. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, the the female partner, the woman, in order to be able to have that level of release, I mean, sure, you can do it. You can manipulate and mm-hmm. do it in what I would say is a forced way, mm-hmm. but to have a natural release like that, that only comes in a really safe relationship container. And it's it, so it, it, it just always comes back to that. Everything's yeah. about yeah. safety. I, I think we safety is underrated. Like, and I, we we haven't learned, and I guess this is the crux of it. We haven't learned to create safety for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we are our own worst critics all the time. Yeah. Like, what would we say? Half the things we say to ourselves would we say to another person? We wouldn't dream of it. No, it so, sounds awful, <laughs> right? Like. Right. <laughs> How come I'm beating myself? But we don't think of it. So I'm not creating safety for myself in the way I talk to myself. And unless I'm aware of that, I'm going to be trying to protect myself. So how am I going to open up to someone else and have true safety and intimacy with them? Mm -hmm. So it really has to start here, has to start inside and, and just kind of loving that inner child, loving that, that wounded part of us that we have been rejecting for years right the one that doesn't fit the mold and that's why people shouldn't wait until they're in a relationship that's not working and then go seek counseling because (laughs) you've got to kind of start where you are first with yourself right and and, do all that that right but you can yeah yeah you don't have to be completely healed like that's not right oh no right but you have to be aware. And I think it all starts with mm-hmm. just awareness. No change can happen without awareness, right? I'm also going to sneak in here and say no one's ever completely healed. 
right? Like it's a, it's a spiral and it's a process. And there are people that are, you know, quote unquote, further along, but everyone's still learning, right? If you're not still learning about who you are and the world around you and how to interact with others, you're dead or you might as well be, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love this conversation. It's just so powerful because, I mean, we're talking about tantric, but at the end of the day, it all comes back to the same the mm-hmm. same thing. It's about it's about energy. And it's about energy within ourselves first. And if energy is gonna radiate out of us, we have to have good energy to begin with. And how do we create that good energy? It's love mm-hmm. and acceptance and losing shame and guilt about who you are about what you do, about what you think, what you desire, what you want. And when we lose that and we embrace everything about us without shame and guilt, then we are starting our journey of love and our energy. Now we can share a completely different energy with another human being. Now we can have intimacy. Now we can have true connection and true relationships that are beyond what anybody ever set out to imagine. Like you, you can't imagine the depth of relationship when you're able to do that. Mm, Yeah. And in a good relationship, the best relationships, your partner is working alongside you and with you through that process, you know, so as you learn, they're holding space for your learning and letting you grow and you're holding space for their learning and letting them grow. And And, so, and you can be an example. Yeah. Yeah. You can be an example. Like sometimes I'm like, Oh, what if my partner doesn't want to be growing like me or whatever? And they're not, everybody's at the same place. So if you're in a relationship already, it's not hopeless. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because, no, Because not. I think um, a lot of people are like, but I'm already married. I'm already in this situation. Like, I'm not just going to go take your program and then leave everything behind and be non No, that's not what we're saying. I'm saying, you know, we have the power if we start to focus inward on us and our desires and our love, instead of it being selfish, what it does is it allows us to hold to be able to hold space for someone and actually Mm -hmm. model what that looks like and all of a sudden your partner that maybe felt like they had to please you and they had to you know meet your needs and they had all this pressure on them they had to be good in bed because of this or this or that they felt judged or whatever once you start to hold space for them because you've been able to hold space for yourself you'll see them start Mm -hmm. to go hmm what is it that and it's not just letting them be everything and accepting everything about them and being allowing allowing yourself to be treated badly. That's sure, not certainly not. Yeah, right. Certainly. That's not what we mean. And, and I mean, I used to think that you know you just have to accept all everything and whatever. You get to decide if that energy works for you. But if you're if you love that person, if if you have a connection with that person, but there's a lot of tension and they don't really want to do growth and they think it's whatever, woo-woo or or whatever, you can be, you can model that 
shift mm-hmm. and and create safety and you can start to connect without expectation towards them because right. you don't need them to fill you. You don't need them to make you whole. You have this power inside of you to yeah. to feel beautiful and and whole and connected. And your personal shift ultimately shifts the relational dynamic. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's worth mentioning because I think sometimes they're like, oh, it's all, everybody just wants us to do these personal journeys. And what about our partner? What about our, our current situation? I'm a mom. I'm, I've been married all these years and I'm not ready to just walk away from that. Nobody's saying you have to. Yeah. No, certainly not. And in most relationships, there's kind of one partner that's kind of like going ahead. Yeah. And then the other partner's like, oh, I'm going to go there too. Right. And and it's sort of this like dance, right? Yeah. You can think of it like a dance, like somebody grows in a certain direction, the other person matches the growth or, or reflects mm-hmm. in a different way. And it's just this dance between partners. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, whether you're on your own or whether you're partnered, uh, personal growth is a good thing. <laughs> It is because it's so freeing and you don't, you don't have to hold someone else responsible for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and isn't that beautiful? Like to not be responsible for my partner's happiness. Like I get to choose to input into his happiness on a daily yeah. basis instead of you get to that to being contribute. Yeah. His and celebrate. His yeah. Happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful. So what are some other um maybe practices that that we can do to kind of connect with ourselves and and find out what our desires are and things like that? Yeah, I think um I lead women's embodiment circles mm-hmm. here uh where I live near Annapolis, Maryland and um and I think really being in your body is probably the number one piece, right? Mm -hmm. So any kind of um, exercises that are embodiment exercises, but a really simple thing to do um, that I give to my clients, especially that are like maybe just beginning to start to understand what emotions are theirs and, and, you know, what they've taken on as something else and, and sort of starting to unwind that is when you have an emotion start to notice where you feel it in your body. And that might be something as simple as you are waiting at a traffic light and you're really annoyed Mm -hmm. by the driver in front of you. For example, where do you feel that annoyance? Do you feel it in your stomach? What does it feel like? So these different times that we feel joy or happiness, or love, or disgust, or annoyance, just starting to like map, where do I feel that feeling? And it starts to begin to put you in touch with your body. Yeah. And we're mostly living from our prefrontal cortex all the time, front part of our brain. And starting to really map your emotional world to your body uh, begins to shift that perspective a little bit. And it's it can be pretty heart opening and really can begin to make you aware of a lot of the conditioning that you have. I've talked a lot about somatics and had people on to talk about the body and connecting to our body because 
because I do think it's it's key. And I was so in my head for so long. I'm such a cerebral person. I'm a thinker. Um, I I'm just I like to learn. I like to process everything and analyze everything. You know. Yet I'm very creative too. But those pieces were very disconnected. Mm-hmm. My creativity was still very cerebral. Yeah. And so like I'm a musician as well and I teach singing and I am a singer and I was a choir director. Okay. Um, I'm a pianist. <clears throat> and so even playing the piano or if I, if I wrote music, it was very like logical, which is weird because I'm very emotional and I'm like, I asked you when we first said, are you an organized person or disorganized? You're like, Oh, I'm organized. And the way my brain is, I should be organized. That's the way that like I process the world in a lot of ways, but I have learned to connect to my emotions and make that like that cerebralness come into my body, which is so hard. But um, I, I remember working with Andrea Hansen, who is one of the psychologists, the therapists that came on and she did two, I think she did two episodes, but one of them, she was like, the name of the episode is like, can you control your glitter? Or I don't remember what it was, but something about getting into your body, but there's something about glitter. And she took us through like a meditation where we just kind of got into our bodies and, and felt like, you know, those, those, um, water things that with glitter uh-huh. in them and you fl- you flip them around and the glitter floats in there well she had us imagine our body as this water tube sort of with glitter in it and we could manipulate where the glitter went ah uh, yeah and it was so interesting and she had us like push the glitter to the front and and just a lot of pressure yeah. and you know in our head or whatever and then push the glitter into our lower backs and and feel how that feels and then bring the glitter back to the center and and sort of this relaxed free and it was just so interesting yeah learning to play with that energy in your body exactly mm-hmm. and but it was kind of a fun way it wasn't like you know oh just focus on the energy it was literally just some fun thing that you could kind of visualize um but she was very instrumental in helping me she's like Kareen, you need to get out of your head you're in your head, you sit in your head, and that's why you're struggling with everything is because you just think everything. And But that's what we've been taught. I'm like, use my logical right. brain to make a decision about my you spouse. Taught use to my, feel. Right? But here mm-hmm. I am, this very emotional being. And if you're familiar with human design at all, um, my human design chart is like, I'm a sacral being. And so everything I should <laughs> do is make decisions with my emotions and everything, which is so counterintuitive to all of the programming of life in our society. Mm-hmm. Don't make decisions with your emotions. But when I am in tune with my emotions and I'm living in alignment with how I feel and my everything's easier and it feels good and I generate my own energy so i'm a manifesting mm-hmm. generator and it's okay. inter- it's so interesting you know just these little awarenesses and it's like coming into my body has changed the way i interact with the world and interact with people because i'm able to be more present with myself mm-hmm. and get out of my head and i can be more present in my sexuality and my pleasure 
feeling into my body and releasing and all these things, right? Um, so it's hard though. It's hard to get out of our heads into right, our Right, right. And that, that's why I gave that little tiny practice. Just yeah, like, so good. Emotion, where is it? What does that feel like? What do you notice? And those little daily shifts are yeah. really the, the opportunities we have to awaken. For sure. To who we are, right? And to our own energy. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Well, is there anything you would like to end with? Is there anything you would just love to share before we wrap up our I feel like we've I feel like we've been uh all over the map, but I think that last piece that you said what practice and I shared about the feeling into your body, I think that that is really where it's at. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're on a personal growth journey, whether you're on a relational journey, whether you're getting out and exploring relationships, you are going to make the best decisions if you are in touch with your body. Mm-hmm. We make so many decisions for ourselves, especially decisions at a sex party or on a date Mm. that are coming from our prefrontal cortex Mm. and they're not what we really want. They're what we've been taught Mm -hmm. um, or what we've reasoned. And the more you can drop into your body, the more authentic your choices are going to be and the happier your life is going to be as a result. And and the less afraid of of saying no and hurting someone you'll be. Because I found that if I'm in my body, I can easily go, no, I don't really want that right now. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not in my body, then I'm in my head worrying about how that's going to make them feel. Are they going to feel rejected or this or that? And it's like, well, what about me? What about how I'm going to feel if I say yes to something I don't really want right now? And Mm -hmm. But that takes really being present with your body and being and practice. Yeah, tuned in. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't happen overnight, you know? No. Um, and no. so patience. But but the awareness and the the programming shifts can happen in a relatively short amount of time. And it's like you'll never unsee that again, right? Like you'll never yeah. it's once you're like. Oh unfeel it. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is how I've been living. This is true. This is how I've been told to live my whole life. And once you unpack that and you're like, okay, I'm no longer a prisoner to that. You can't go back to that. You will have tendencies of like wanting to sink into that, but you'll be aware of like, oh, that's the old programming. Right. You'll never fully go back to the old programming. Yeah, I have a choice. It's like you can't once you don't believe in Santa, you can't go back to just believing in Santa. Like it doesn't, exactly. it doesn't fit your programming anymore. You, you've mm-hmm. had, you've learned new information. Um, and it's very much like that. I know that's kind of a silly example, but um, when we learn new things about ourselves, it's like magical, right? Like, yeah. so, yes. but then the journey begins. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's a journey. Like we said, it, it just keeps going. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Angela. I'm so glad we had this this conversation. Do you want to share with us where people can find you if they yeah. want to work with you, if they want to? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so I'm Angela Dawn, and my company is Authentic Heart Coaching, LLC. I know we both have that authenticity thing in our mm-hmm. names. Yeah. So I'm at Authentic Heart Coaching on Instagram. 
And on the web, I'm www.authenticheartcoach.com. And I have a, a weekly newsletter for folks with lots more Tantra tips and a calendar that lets them know when I'm teaching in person. And yeah, so following me on Instagram and getting on my mailing list at authenticheartcoach.com are the ways to keep tabs on me. And I'm starting a in-person classes for women that's going to be called Voluptas Goddess School. And I do play shops for couples and there's more to come. That's so exciting. And do you find that um, since COVID, like you're finally able to have more in-person things? And Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely pretty much a full ability to do in-person work now. But the fun thing about if there's something fun that came from COVID, um, the nice thing is, is uh, now I'm able to coach one-on-one and coach couples through zoom i know isn't it and it's really a blessing because it is a fantastic opportunity and format to work with couples because i can lead them through communication practices and energetic practices and they can turn their camera off and i can lead them through sexual practices and i can drop off the call and say have a really great rest of your night and they can Um. keep on enjoying each other and they don't have to like you know put their clothes back on and leave the workshop. Yeah. It's all, they're already at home. So uh, zoom is really beautiful for working with couples, that's especially awesome. around tantric sex. So. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's changed. It's changed the world. Um, and not, not in a bad way necessarily. I feel like we have yeah. learned so many, I would have never, I would have never learned zoom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so tech, like, blah. But my whole life has been Zoom for the past three years. It's like everything I do has to do with Zoom. And I've made such beautiful connections all over the world um, through Facebook and Instagram and Zoom. And you would never have thought that that was possible before. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, we just met, but I feel like we know each other on a different level. And it's just through Zoom. Like I haven't met you in person but right. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we haven't met in person, you know? So yeah. I think my co-podcaster, we've met in person, but we mostly meet on Zoom. And uh, she and I taught uh, our first class together on Zoom. We taught a pussy whispering master class for men. Nice. And that's really about a lot. It's anatomy, of course, and so mm-hmm. forth, but and Tantra, but place uh, space holding, what we were talking yeah. about. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so, so great. It's been a beautiful thing. And I appreciate how it has connected us. Yes. And I look forward to sharing more with you and talking more with you in the future. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you for responding to that response or that call out for, for guests. Someone referred you and then you did respond. Yeah. Um, you listened to the little voice that nudged you and you did and here you are. So I love that. And, uh, yeah. So let's be authentic. As I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Mm-hmm. For sure. So have a wonderful day, Angela. All right. Thank Mwah. you. Thank you for coming. Yes, of course. Thank you. Well, that was a really awesome conversation with Angela. And so glad I finally got to talk about tantric a little bit more with you guys because, like I said, it was so 
so important in my journey into sex positivity and the journey into exploring my sexuality and my body and my energy and learning what true intimacy and deep connection was. Um, it was just, it was just such a powerful, powerful thing for me. And it's been life changing. And I remember my first sort of tantric workshop that I went to and just learning about, I was called energetically rude. And the tantric instructor said, don't worry, I was called that too. And I, I saw it as a negative thing at first. And she said, don't worry. She said, don't worry. I used to think it was negative as well, but let me explain. She's like, you tend to impose your energy on other people without their consent. And I was like, what? Like, I, I couldn't even understand what that meant. But then I thought about it and I was like, that's true. I have such energy and I have such a desire to connect with people that sometimes I would impose my energy on people who weren't ready for my energy, who didn't want my energy, who I wasn't checking in to see if they were accepting or in a place where they could receive my energy. And so I was causing myself a lot of frustration because I felt rejected so often. So I learned that some people are closed off to your energy. Your energy is overwhelming to them and they don't want your energy, but you try to give it to them because you're just trying to love them. But what's happening is your energy is going around them and you're being drained of your energy, but they don't have an an extra amount of energy from your energy because they're not taking it in. So they're not giving any of theirs back to you. So again, you're giving it to someone who doesn't want it. And maybe if you ask for their consent first, then they would be in a place where they're ready to receive your energy. So that was interesting. And then there's energy vampires. And those are people who just feed off your energy and they take your energy, but they don't give any back. So they're not reciprocating energy. And then you find your people. And those are people who are ready to receive your energy and they give you their energy back. It's this circular, you know, reciprocation of energy. And it's so beautiful. And when you meet your people, it's just this ease of energy exchange. And that was so powerful for me to learn and I talk about that a lot. Like when you meet your people or when you find your people, there's just a calm in your body. You can just kind of be. And some of us have never experienced that before. And I had never really experienced that until I came into this sex positive world. And all of a sudden, there were people who could meet my energy and wanted to exchange energy with me on an energetic level a soul level, a friendship level, with intimacy, sexuality. Like there was just all different realms of of where people were willing to meet me at. And it was so interesting to not have to force that. And I learned a lot how to preserve my energy when it's not ready to be received. And so I don't just give my energy away to people anymore unless it's being reciprocated. So that was a cool lesson and just one that came from Tantric. So I just wanna wanted to throw that in and challenge you all to recognize where your energy is going. 
are you in situations where there's an energy exchange or do you find that in your life you've always been just giving your energy to people and some don't want it or some are just taking it and and you're never getting filled filled up so a true energy exchange is just so incredible and life-changing. So be on the lookout for that and really check into your body about your energy and where it's going. And again, where you're feeling your emotions and all of these things can be felt in the body. So thank you, Angela, for sharing with us and for being here. And I hope that you all got a lot out of this conversation. Don't forget to go take the monogamy quiz and find out how much the programming or if the programming is affecting your relationships or affecting you as a person. Um, take the quiz and then check out my program and see if it's a fit for you, if it's time for you to get rid of that programming and shift it and become who you're actually meant to be and live a life of freedom and authenticity. So you can visit offers.kareenbedard.com for that quiz and offers.kareenbedard.com slash breaking dash free dash from dash monogamy or just go to offers.kareenbedard.com and at the bottom there's also a link that will, you know, a button that'll take you to to the sales page for um the program and you can read all about it and see what it's all about. The next cohort starts soon. So please don't miss the opportunity to be in that first cohort. Starts March 1st, 2023, if you're listening later, but there's going to be new cohorts each month. So I'd love for you to be a part of that. Don't miss out. It's going to be a life-changing experience with the live sessions and the hypnosis, um, the hypnotherapy. There's going to be hypnosis sessions at the end of each live session and you'll be able to have those recordings, but it's just going to help cement those changes and really make for fast tracking the process of shifting your mindset and shifting out of that mono mindset into a, a, a more open mindset, a freedom mindset, one that allows you to really step into your authenticity and who you are. So I love you. Thank you for coming and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.